0: Take your copy of God's Word, would you please, and turn with me to the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John. We're going to go to chapter 20 this morning in the Gospel of John. As you head there, I'll tell you about a fellow named Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc. Does that name sound familiar? To some of you, yes. He lived from 1908 to 1989. He had these words inscribed on his tombstone. This is his epitaph. Maybe this will help you. That's all, folks. It was the trademark line of the, the famous motion picture character Porky Pig. <laughs> if you're my age, you watched Porky Pig when you were a kid. Mel Blanc was the voice of Porky Pig for many years. That's a great epitaph, isn't it? That's all, folks. You'll probably not guess whose epitaph this is. My Jesus Mercy. That's the epitaph of Gangster Al Capone. Some people write their own epitaphs. Others we're not so sure of, like the epitaph of a man named Matthew Mudd from Massachusetts. His reads, Here lies Matthew Mudd. Death did him no hurt. When alive, he was only mud. Now, he's only dirt. For some... Their epitaph, that inscription on their tombstone, is a parting word to the world from the grave. Their last words. Their parting shot. (laughs) I want to tell you about a man this morning who did not have an epitaph, who did not need an epitaph. He did not need a grave marker I want to tell you about a man who had no need of final words because when his body was placed in the grave he wasn't done speaking If you have a Bible with you today open it to the gospel of john chapter 20 we've been studying in the letter of first john just in case you're a little confused this morning we've been studying along in first john yes we hit pause on first john this morning and we're going to the gospel of john the fourth book in the new testament this easter sunday today is of course easter sunday and we rejoice together as the church and the risen savior our savior jesus christ it's the day the church celebrates the resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ at the end of John chapter 9. I'm not going to read there, but if you were to go back and glance at the end of chapter 19, John chapter 19, not 9, chapter 19, the scene before us at the end of chapter 19 is the death of Jesus Christ. And His body is placed in the tomb. The burial of Jesus Christ. But His story isn't over at the end of chapter 19. Praise God. The story of Jesus Christ is not over at the end of John chapter 19. There was no epitaph on the grave of Jesus. Jesus was dead and in the tomb, but he was not finished speaking. I want you to follow along as I read the account of the resurrection of Jesus from John's perspective. John chapter 20. I want you to look with me beginning at verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. And so Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. And verse 8 says Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me. For I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and that he had said these things to her. There was no epitaph on his tomb. For good reason. The words Jesus spoke after he rose from the dead, far better words than any ever inscribed on a gravestone. These are precious words. These are precious words we hear from the lips of Jesus. They were meant to encourage his disciples they were meant to strengthen and instruct the people to whom they were spoken and since god saw fit to have them recorded in the pages of our bibles his word the bible you hold in your hands these are words to encourage you these are words that jesus spoke Not only to the people living in his day, but to the people living in this day who have a copy of the scriptures they hold in their hand to hear Jesus speaking to them today. To strengthen and encourage and instruct us today. These first words that we hear from Jesus after his resurrection come shortly after Mary Magdalene and Peter and John discover that Jesus' body is missing from the tomb. We see it here. Verse 1 says that it, it was the first day of the week. It was... It was Sunday, early, still dark. Mary Magdalene came and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. The other gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they tell us there were other women who came to the tomb also. They likely came with Mary Magdalene. But throughout his gospel, John's purpose is to show us That Jesus is God, the Son. That Jesus lived on earth, God in human flesh, the God-man, God's revelation to, to mankind of himself. John's purpose is to show us who Jesus is and that he is God, the Son, so that we will see the evidence and believe in him. That's John's purpose in the Gospel of John. And so John points to the eyewitness account of Mary Magdalene here because of what Jesus says to her. And he points to her eyewitness testimony to others, which we see later in verse 18. She believed. She saw Jesus and she believed. That's what John wants us to do. John wants us to see Jesus and believe. That's what Easter Sunday calls to you to do. To see Jesus, to see the risen Savior. Though you don't see Him with your physical eyes, you see Him with the eye of faith as revealed in the Scriptures and revealed by those who saw Him in human flesh after the resurrection. To saw Him living and breathing and talking and eating and walking. To see the testimony, to see who Jesus is and believe. Easter calls us to see and believe that Jesus, having suffered and died for sinners, God the Father putting Him there on the cross, yes, at the hands of cruel men, but God's purpose in sending the Son so that He would shed His blood and die, taking on Himself the wrath of God for sinners. That having seen the evidence that Jesus has now risen from the dead and lives, we believe. Easter calls us to put our faith and trust in Jesus because he lives. It's interesting, though, when we look at the text, it's interesting when we see this account. At first, Mary and the disciples come to the tomb, and we see something other than total faith don't we? You see it? There's something other than total faith here. They didn't even think of the possibility of His resurrection. Mary's first response was one of fear. We can hear it in verse 2 when she runs to tell the others. Look again at verse 2. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid Him. She's not thinking resurrection. She's thinking more along the lines of grave robbers. And the two disciples, she told, weren't any different. They had to see for themselves, so they sprint to the tomb. And Mary must have followed them back. When they get there, they they find nothing but the empty linen cloths that had been used to wrap Jesus' body. Just... Lying there. And the face cloth folded up by itself. That's not the work of grave robbers. In fact, the valuable cloth used to prepare Jesus' body to be placed in the tomb, had there been grave robbers, they probably would have taken that. And they wouldn't have taken the time to fold the face cloth. This and the fact that the tomb is empty. Is more evidence of the resurrection of Jesus. Some people speak by way of an epitaph on their tombstone. Jesus speaks in his absence from the tomb. And note what happens when John sees the tomb is empty. Look again at verse 8. Then the other disciples, or the other disciple, then the other disciple, that's John speaking of himself. He never mentions himself by name, but he speaks of himself as the one whom Jesus loves. And he says here, the the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw. Look at it. What does it say? He saw and believed. The evidence John sees brings belief. John saw. He perceived intelligently he saw he believed john sees the empty tomb and it says here he saw and believed and note that the next verse says look at verse nine for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead had they been told yes did they understand no no not until now John looked at the empty tomb he saw the empty grave cloths and in the context of chapter 20 it seems that John believed that Jesus was alive later he would believe in the resurrection of Jesus because of the scriptures but he did not yet have the full understanding the eyes of faith open from the scriptures yet now he's seeing and believing now he's standing looking at the empty tomb now he sees the evidence right now he believes because of the physical evidence and there's an important order of belief seen here which points to the resurrection of jesus those who saw the resurrected jesus those who spoke with him those who saw him speak they believed Later, they would believe the Scriptures, which foretold of the resurrection of Christ. But before they believed the Scriptures, they believed the physical evidence. Had they first believed in the prophetic Scriptures, then they might be accused of manufacturing a resurrection to meet their belief. But they believed the physical evidence first. And all people who come to saving faith in Jesus since his disciples believed then, believe now because of their eyewitness testimony to the evidence. Because they believed, because they witnessed, because they wrote down what they saw. They went to their deaths believing that what they saw was a resurrected Savior. And now we who have believed in Jesus may not like to admit this, but we're often like those first visitors to the tomb. Those of us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ for a long time, we may not like to admit this, but we're kind of like those first visitors, aren't we? Some of us have heard the teachings of Jesus for many years. We're very familiar with the teachings of the Bible. But we're so familiar... We start to overlook the fact that God's promises were not only intended for the people of Jesus' day, they are also intended for God's people in this day. So that we will see and believe and live like we believe. Jesus wants you to look to the word of God and believe and obey. God's Word calls you to live by faith. The celebration of Easter calls you to believe in the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. John doesn't tell us if Peter Peter believed. He doesn't tell us if Peter looked and believed. But John, listen, John wants us to know that he believed. And verse 10 says, Then the disciples went back to their homes. But they went back to tell others. Mary Magdalene wasn't even thinking resurrection. It was clear in what she did when she first saw the empty tomb, running to tell Peter and John. It's clear in verse 11 also. Look at verse 11 again. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. Now Peter and John left, but not Mary Magdalene. And what does she see when she glimpses into the tomb? She sees two messengers of the Lord. Verse 12 says, looking at verse 12 again, she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they have a question for her. Verse 13, why are you weeping? She says, they've taken away my Lord. I do not know where they have laid him. And it may be that the angels looked to the movement of Jesus behind her because verse 14 says, having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing but she did not know that it was Jesus. Now, we don't know why Mary didn't recognize Jesus. It could have been the tears flooding her eyes. Ever get like that? You can't quite see clearly. Or it could have been that he looked quite different than when she had seen him disfigured and tortured on the cross. It's very likely there's something different about Jesus now raised from the dead. We don't know. But we do know that there are others also who do not recognize him at first. And then in verse 15, we hear Jesus' words to her. Jesus said to her, it's interesting, the same question the angels asked, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? It's interesting that Jesus chooses also to visit Mary Magdalene first. And we can only speculate. It's not that she was more special, I don't think, so to speak, than any of the others. If it were up to us, we might have had Jesus appear first to his closest followers, the apostles. But, but no, he chose Mary Magdalene to first show himself to after his resurrection. And I think in that simple fact, in that simple act of humility... On the part of Jesus, there's a powerful reminder of the love of Jesus for ordinary people. Do you ever feel ordinary? I say good, because Jesus loves ordinary people. Mary's answer, again, shows us she, she didn't recognize Jesus. She just wants to know where the body of Jesus had been taken. Please tell me. I want to take care of his body. Verse 15 goes on to say, Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. She's still not thinking resurrection. But when she hears just one more word, she hears one more word from the lips of Jesus, everything changes look at verse 16 again can you put yourself in her sandals that day Jesus said to her Mary Jesus spoke her name and everything changes she turned and said to him in Aramaic Rabboni teacher it's like it's you you're alive. Apparently she turned and grabbed him. Which probably a very natural response. She turned and, and apparently grabbed him to cling to Jesus. It's a precious and joyous response from Mary Magdalene at the sight of her Savior. Because Jesus says to her, don't cling to me. Don't cling to me. For I have not yet ascended to the Father. In verse 17, Jesus has a precious message for her and he he's going to have her take this message back to the others this is a really important message don't overlook these words if you've become so used to seeing these words especially at easter time don't don't just skip over these words or skim over them be be thoughtful about these words that jesus speaks first he makes it clear that she can't keep clinging to him and it's not as if he's saying take your hands off me it's not like that the idea here is that Jesus wants Mary to see that she will not always have his physical presence. She won't be able to keep clinging to him. and She needs to start living by faith. That's a message to God's people in every age. That it's time to live by faith. Jesus wants her to live by faith shortly she would see Him no longer. But what He says to her makes it clear that she will see Him again. Mary may see Him now, but He had not risen from the dead to return to the same way of business. That's clear from the message He gives her to take to the disciples by sending them the message Seen in verse 17, he's making it clear, first of all, that he has indeed risen from the dead. Secondly, he wants them to know that he will soon be ascending to his Father. And then thirdly, he's making it clear that they will see him again. They will see him again. That's his message in verse 17 when he says, I am ascending to my Father, hear this, and your Father to my God and your God. In other words, because I have risen from the dead, you too will live. Because I go to my Father, you too will go to your Father. The message is this, all people who believe in Jesus will be eternally saved. And that's good news. That's the good news. That's the gospel news of Easter Sunday. And so, verse 18 says Mary Magdalene went. She took the message and she went and announced to the disciples look at verse 18, what precious words she takes to them I have seen the Lord. She believed. And she told them the things that she was told by him to tell the others. Jesus needs no epitaph. He spoke to Mary Magdalene and he spoke to others after he rose from the dead. And I'm here to tell you today that he's speaking to you from the pages of his word. He is now speaking to us from our Bibles Some of you have Bibles. If you look down at the pages of the Scriptures before you, some of you will find the words of Jesus printed in red. Just a a little warning, a little caution about that. It's it's encouraging to see those words of Jesus printed in red. But every word of the Bible is His. His. Jesus Christ is the God-man. Jesus Christ, God the Son, existed before the existence of time, sent by God the Father to live and walk on this earth and to live a sinless life and then to bear the punishment that we deserve for our sins in his sinlessness, going to the cross, sent by the Father, with the Father's wrath poured out on him. If you have a Bible, you have the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to you from cover to cover. And his words bear a promise to every person who puts their faith in him in every day and age as we hear from John's gospel in chapter 3 and verse 15, which says that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. That's wonderful news. That's Jesus speaking to us today. Jesus gives forgiveness of sins and eternal life to all people who believe in him, and he can because he conquered death and sin and hell and the grave rising from the dead on the third day. And he lives today. If you have not confessed to God that you're a sinner, maybe today you're realizing you need to do that. If you've not confessed a belief in Jesus Christ, that he died so that you could be forgiven your sins then today, this Easter Sunday, testifies to the evidence for you to see and hear and believe in Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that you can speak to God even in this moment, in the stillness of your own heart. You can speak to God confessing Jesus as Lord, confessing your need of forgiveness of sins, I want to encourage you, too, that if you want to speak to someone about that important act of faith, I'd be happy to speak with you. It would be a joy for me to be able to speak to you. And there are others in our fellowship who would love to meet with you and speak with you about this. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, we rejoice, don't we? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, this Easter Sunday calls to you to rejoice in your risen Lord and to keep your eyes on Jesus this Easter Sunday, points to the evidence and calls to you once again to keep listening to him from the pages of your Bible, to keep believing in Jesus and live by faith and in obedience to his word for he is risen from the dead and he lives today and he calls to his people. It's time now to live by faith because you've seen the evidence. And now as believers in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit bears witness to you, to your soul, as you open the pages of Scripture to read the words that God is speaking to you. Walk by faith, church. People of Christ, people of belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, walk by faith. Walk in obedience to God's Word. Live in this world in which Jesus walked that you might be a walking, living, breathing testimony to the evidence that Jesus Christ lives.